Yeah, so we're coming at you digitally, right? We're coming at you virtually, even though right now we're live. Um, but if you're watching this through your screen, which you are, right, we are projecting our virtual selves onto all of you. This sounds, sounds very cerebral. I know, right it now. sounds a little meta yeah. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> but, um, you know, today we wanted to talk about how to build your virtual presence because we've discussed on this channel, we've talked about how to build your stage presence, you know, when you're performing in a public speaking situation. We've also talked about executive presence. How do you build that? And just quickly on that note, uh, sign up for our waiting list because we'll be um, releasing a very interesting and in-depth, comprehensive web course on unlocking your executive presence. So you can check out more information on our website, but this, there's also a link below um, and you can sign up for our waiting list. We're very excited about it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot there. Uh, it's a very important topic and I think it can be difficult to address because it's very broad. Yeah. So um, we're pretty pleased with, with how the content turned out and uh, we look forward to getting to you soon. But as she said, there's a waiting list. So for now, throw your name on the list. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is, you know, we've, all, we've also talked about how to build your camera presence when you're, you know, doing something like a recording, recording a video, right? Um, but now we also are starting to realize, and that's we as society, the collective we, that you know, the extent to which we need to have also skills with our virtual presence, things like doing a Zoom call, a conference web call um, with all the different platforms, WebEx, Adobe Connect, Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp, right, FaceTime even. So yeah, so how do we build that? How do we establish that virtual presence? It's a big topic and we're only going to scratch the surface today, but if you want more information on this, we'll do a follow-up. So uh, that's based on the interests. Um, so, so definitely put that in the comments if you want some more information. Yeah, and it's interesting because virtual presence, I think in the past has typically meant your, um, your sort of public persona, uh, uh, your, the way that the public perceives you over the internet, right? So uh, what's your reputation? How yeah. many followers do you have? What we're talking about here though is I think the next step because um, previously the virtual interactions that you had were, were a supplement to what you did in the world, right? Absolutely. And that's yeah. why your public persona matters. And your public persona still matters. Of course. But, but the point now is that we use virtual interactions so frequently and they are such a bedrock of the way we do business and communicate with our friends and family that we need to take it further than just having this sort of abstract sense of who we are on the internet. We wanna take it a step further and actually when we are conducting our interactions via digital channels, we wanna be able to exude that presence in the moment Right? So we're actually building up the sense of presence that you would typically only associate with an in-person presentation, right? When someone's giving a speech uh, or where you're talking face-to-face, -face, you feel the presence, you see the presence. We're, what we're working on is developing that same type of experience through digital channels. 
Yeah, I just want to check if your mic is... Is it hiding behind the thing? Yeah, I just want to make sure you guys can hear us, because yeah. sometimes we get so through. passionate about our topics. The mics go everywhere. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Keep an eye on it. I might do it again. I know. It happens to me, too, sometimes. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and also we have to keep in mind that this is right now this is, you know, what's what most people's status quo is being communicating virtually um and that's like their only presence right now, this online virtual presence. But, you know, when things shift back to whatever the next new normal looks like for humanity, um you know, when we're back in the office, let's say, that's not to say you won't need the skills for building your virtual presence, um, you know, when you have to communicate with an offshore team or, you know, uh, remote teams or people in different time zones that you're working with and collaborating with, right? So this would also be a scenario, a few scenarios in which you would definitely need to leverage your virtual presence. So I think the most basic kind of understanding of virtual presence comes down to, you know, your setup, right? So mm. the lights, the camera, um, the lights, camera, action. But in all seriousness, right? It's, it's about how you frame your um, your your screen, so to speak, right? The image that you're projecting onto people, because most of the time they're only going to see this much of you, right? Right. So you have to be kind of cognizant of what's in the background. We're not going to get into all that because I feel like there's everyone's always talking about those like mechanical things, but um, I'll link below a write-up that you found from Wirecutter. Yeah, yeah. Wirecutter is this product review site, um, and we love them. We have no affiliation with them. Uh, but they, they did a really nice write-up on setting up your environment for remote work and, and yeah. basically remote interactions. The, uh, I, I will say, um, well, we don't have to get too much into the technicalities. Yeah. Um, Maybe some, a couple points that we take, yeah, take, yeah. take I away. Think, I think it's worth discussing a few, a few of yeah. the pieces there. Yeah. Not necessarily how to implement them, but why they're important. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. And for example, lighting. You mentioned lighting. Right. Lighting is really important. And uh, it's easy to forget about uh, because... You know, we're not used to having to illuminate ourselves when right. we're talking to someone. Or you might just think the overhead lights, you know, the switch that you have above you or the lights above you in your whatever room you're right. filming in is enough. Right. But not so much. Yeah. And, not and, so much. And, and whether or not it's enough, it may actually uh, be, cause, be counterproductive. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason lighting is important in terms of establishing a presence is people need to see you, right? Yeah. If they can't see you, it's kind of like if you're giving a speech in person and you speak Right, uh, it's going to be hard to project your presence. It's sort of the same with with your uh, digital communications. Uh, your voice matters, but but the lighting also matters because if, if people can't see you, uh, it's hard for them to uh, pay attention. Pay attention, yeah. yeah, to interpret you as a uh, as a you know a being. A being, exactly. Right, exactly. So um, that's why lighting is very important, and. What you want to make sure is that uh, you have um, your, your features are illuminated, right? If you just have that light above you, what's going to happen is you're going to have these deep shadows. I particularly have deep inset eyes, right? And these deep shadows cover your eyes and it makes you look, you know, gloomy ghoulish. or ghoulish, <laughs> right? Right. And you don't want that. So um, there are a lot of mechanics, but the point we just wanted to get across yeah. for lighting is that 
This is one example of how the mechanics do matter, not just for coming across as professional, but also just coming across as more human, right? Exactly. And that's a very important part of having presence. People need to identify with identify you. with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's it's making yourself identifiable and right, like relevant to to what they um, you know what they need to pay attention to uh, and so forth. But I think yeah, the lighting is definitely a big one, and then sound, right? So the article also mentions coming up with um, using an external microphone for your um, voice and things like having a plain background but not too plain you want to show some human like side to you um, they recommend having plants things like that but we're not going to get too much into that aspect of the virtual presence um, so you can check that link out for you guys the other thing that we came up with um, and it's funny this was a video we put out a year ago uh, how to you know really ace a Zoom interview or any type of online interview. We I can also link that below. It's from a year ago, but people are really enjoying that one. And then we came up with the follow up um, with what we call the minimum or minimal talking points, which is something that's also really important. And again, it goes across different um, types of interactions you'd have, be it professional or more casual. It's really distilling all the points that you want to get across to your audience into a few points and putting that up right where the camera is so that you're making eye contact, right? And that's a big one. The making eye contact is a huge one for really, like Greg said, for the person on the other end of the screen to be able to identify with you. Think about it. If we just talked to our teacups instead of looking in the camera to all of you watching, how how much of a connection can you actually build with us? Totally. Right? Or yeah. if I'm like looking at the plant instead of Greg's eyes, right? So we might kind of balk at this idea of, oh, eye contact. I've heard that before. Yeah, but are you actually implementing it? Are you actually like locking eyes with the person? And this goes for the interpersonal communication uh, that we have in person. But also now with this new kind of normal um, with our virtual Present. So making eye contact with the camera. Yeah, and I was reading this article that I thought was fascinating about some of the uh, un underappreciated challenges yeah. of virtual communication. And what the article was talking about was some of the difficulties that are inherent in, in the digital format, right, that you don't have in person. So we right. always think of uh, jumping on a video call is much more convenient than jumping than, than meeting someone in person. Right. But the reality is when you meet someone in person, you have this very high resolution image of who they are, right? It's just you and them. You're, there's, there's no barrier between you. When it goes digital, you start to have these other barriers, right? We talked about lighting and how that can darken things. And your sound could be fuzzy. And what that forces you as the viewer to do is to have to focus more. Right? You have to pay more attention to this uh, data feed that you're getting. So it's, it's a little more exhausting for the viewer. And for the speaker, like you were saying, it's so important to be looking into the lens because to the listener uh, or the viewer, right? If, if I'm looking into the lens, which I'm doing right now, it appears like I'm making on con eye contact with you. And that's what's essential. If I looked at, we have a video feed over here so I could look at this, right? I'm not looking at you, and suddenly it doesn't feel nearly as intimate, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
And so that's exhausting for the uh, speaker, yeah. right? The speaker, it's also challenging because you're not necessarily looking at the person. You're looking at something that you're not used to looking at. Right. So I think one of the uh, important things to recognize when you start to work on developing your, um, your virtual presence is understanding that these are challenging things and they don't necessarily feel natural. Yeah. Um, but they're an important part of, of getting to that next level of um, uh, humanizing your, your digital interactions. Right. And it really makes all the difference, right? So much as looking from there to there, right? It's like a, a night and day kind of difference. Um, and you know, I've heard, this is not something that we came up with, but um, I heard people doing something kind of interesting where they take a uh, cutout, so they cut out an image of a friend, a celebrity, whatever, and they stick it onto the camera. And so that way they start looking. They're looking into the eyes. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's something, clever. Yeah. In uh, training sessions I've done in the past, I've always told my clients and students to treat the camera as a friend, right? Like you're talking to somebody that you can spill your heart out to or just very uh, at ease when you talk to, right? Because a lot of times what is happening is that we're kind of, like you said, it's unnatural, right? We're like treating the camera as our friend kind of thing, um, an inanimate object. But if you just make that mental switch and you know, think about the person on the other end of the camera, then it really makes all the difference. Yeah, I love that approach, right? I, I definitely do that. When I'm speaking to the camera, I'm trying as best I can to imagine the person listening, right? And, and it's almost as if they're hiding behind the lens, right? I can see them sitting at their desk behind the lens right. or wherever they are. Right. Uh, and I, I do that for you guys, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining uh, her mother is one of our, our, our top fans and we, uh, we love her, her engagement. And so I often think of her watching us from the other side because that gives me someone to speak to. Um, and if, you know, when I'm talking about specific topics, I imagine certain people for whom those topics are most relevant. relevant yeah. But by creating these uh, images or ideas of the person to whom you're speaking and, and placing them where the camera is, it really helps um, boost the authenticity of your delivery, which, which would otherwise might feel stale or robotic. Yeah. Um, because after all, you're speaking to a piece of machinery. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you highlighted a key word here, I think, in all this, this, in the whole virtual presence equation. Authenticity is huge, right? If we can't be in person with someone, when we're having these interactions, then we have to go the extra mile to be extra authentic, right? And just really embrace that part of you. So I think it comes down to transparency, right? And you can still be transparent um, in your you know, professional communication. If something was not clear to you, you should say that. If you hadn't had time to review something because your toddler is, is screaming in the background, why not share that information? We're not, you know, these, there's no such thing as perfect, right? And I think approaching it with more authenticity on both sides, right? As you, like the person being authentic and then on the receiving end where people understand that, that you're, you know, trying your best in this new setup and there might be technical difficulties. There might be, you know, toddlers screaming in the background or teenagers, you know, yelling at each other, um, 
because these are frustrating times. I think that's important to to kind of leave into your whole uh, setup. Yeah, that's that's very important actually because mm-hmm. I think when someone is looking into a camera when they're on camera, their first impulse is to say, "Oh, this is camera. Like I'm on film. I, I you know, I, I need to get more formal. I need to get." Uh, more polished, which typically causes them to get stiffer, and they start to behave in ways that aren't natural. Right. And that's the biggest mistake you can make because the person on the other end detects that, even if it's not consciously detecting it. And it also, it prevents you from thinking clearly because you're so focused on all of these um, aspects of, of the dynamics that you're not used to that you forget what you're actually trying to say and, and, and it impacts in a negative way your delivery. Exactly. So I really like that idea of embracing the unfamiliarity, right? Yeah. Knowing that things can go wrong, right? I was just fixing my mic a little earlier, no big deal, right? These things happen and uh, you, you want to shift the focus from, again, yourself. We, we talk about this in, in the Always. concepts of uh, public, public speaking. speaking. You shift the focus from yourself and instead toward the information that you're delivering. And the value that you add. And the value that you're adding, right? And the purpose of that call that you're having in the first place. Focusing on that is going to ensure that uh, you're you're communicating your message in an authentic way. It doesn't mean disregard all the stuff we're talking about in terms of looking at the lens and all that. But the most important thing ultimately when you get on a call is to communicate the message you hope to achieve, exactly. right? And that's yeah. what we were, you're talking about the minimum talking points. Totally. That's what those are, right? They distill your message into those points. So if you can nail the core message of what you're saying and get that across, that's the most important aspect. And then everything else that we're discussing it comes together. is essentially ways to enhance the conveyance of that message. But never never sacrifice the, 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 the conveyance of the message for the sake of any of these other sort of oh, ancillary totally. enhancements. Yeah, exactly. They're just that. They're enhancements. Um, so it's funny that um, what came to mind just now, a couple of years ago, there was that whole, it turned into this like viral uh, video clip where it was like, a, I, think, I don't remember if he was a BBC reporter. Oh, you know yes. I love that clip. And it's an amazing clip. And I think a lot of people are nodding right now. They know what I'm talking about. But anyway, the gist of it is, this is real. This is a real life thing. The BBC reporter, I think, is... If he's actually just a... Uh, I think he was just like a... a correspondent? Correspondent, Maybe yeah, yeah. it was that. So anyway... An the, expert. Okay. So the correspondent was in, you know, this like very professional looking room, the suit's on, the hair's, you know, slicked back. Like, books in the background. Books in the background. Like doing everything that you would expect of a professional looking yeah. environment. All of a sudden, they're talking about this like really important topic, like very, uh, very dense topic. Toddler walks in with the little little crawler, little crawler the crawler assisting, adorable thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. little toddler walking yeah. in. Because <laughs> there's a door, so they, they, he had some professional stuff in the background, but he also had a door. So the door sort of creeps open, and in waddles this toddler on on like his or her assisted walking device. A beaming smile, yeah, just yeah. like so overjoyed that, to see their father. Right. And then minutes, le- no, seconds later, his mother walks in, the, the child's mother, his the reporter's wife walks in, super frantic, like crawling yeah. to get to the mortified, baby. Mortified, totally mortified. He, the, meanwhile, the guy is just like rolling with it. Trying to keep his cool. Trying to keep his cool, but you can see sort of like, 
I mean, he's about to lose it, right? He's yeah, like yeah, really yeah. getting, he did his best to keep, he yeah. did, he, he kept it together. But, you know, I think in retrospect, and this is being blasted like worldwide, like yeah, yeah. it's like the global news or whatever. So is this, come on. So is this. Um, <laughs> but it's like one of those things where do you address that in the moment? Do you try to ignore it like nothing happened? I think the, the right thing to do would be to kind of address it. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think it's becoming more and more permissible, right? Yeah. It was only a few years ago yeah. that there still was a lot of this stigma the about formality with camera. The, yeah. So much has changed. Uh, video content now is being produced in an informal way that I think is becoming more acceptable. Yeah. And including a lot of live content. True. Right? And so uh, it is, I think, better almost always to acknowledge mm -hmm. when things are ridiculous because. Just you know, fun. it shows you don't you don't take yourself too seriously, yeah. and honestly, no one should take themselves too seriously. Uh, it's good to have a little humility, a sense of humor. Uh, it just shows you're a human, right? It just yeah. shows that you're uh, just you know you're you're imperfect like like the rest of us, and uh, that goes a long way toward establishing trust and uh, respect, right? Confident people are the people who can admit to their mistakes. They can acknowledge things when they go wrong. Right. And they can kind of self-deprecate when needed. Not yes. all the time. Like if you're constantly putting yourself down in a joking way or not, that's not confident. That's showcasing your insecurities. But doing it once in a while in a humorous way, like if something, somebody points something out that maybe you're not crazy about, but it might be true, you can address it and sort of laugh at it, right? And it yeah. just becomes a natural thing and people forget about it. So I think... The other thing, you know, when you're in these, let's say, okay, let's say Zoom calls, right? That's all the rage these days. Oftentimes you have a bunch of different faces on the screen, right? If it's a conference call. When you're, especially when you're talking, you want to be looking into the uh, lens, right? Into the camera. Now, when other people are starting to jump in, I think, you know, how do you show that you're looking at that corner? Because they don't know where on the screen they are. Right, right, right. right. In, in terms of that, I think you still, whomever is speaking, you still look at the camera because that is showing that you're looking them in the eye, right? Yeah, I mean, that is tricky. Uh, I was just on a, uh, a group Zoom call with my friends uh, last week. And it was frustrating. And I was doing it for my cell phone. Oh, that's even harder. Right? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, what do you call it? Smartphone these Smartphone. days. <laughs> I sound Smartphone like a, so 90s. I know. So. But anyways, I was, I was taking it from my phone. And uh, what the, the problem was, I wanted to see everyone, everyone right? And th the way it worked is it only put up the, the person image of the person speaking, which is actually the right thing to do because it's tempting to want to look at everyone there. But the reality is what you need to be doing is looking at at the, at the lens. And it, going back to that article I was reading, one of the other fatiguing things about these video conference calls yeah. is that you can have so many people in front of you at once, right? You can just have a screen full of these different faces, grids of people. And it's faces. And it can right? be very overwhelming, yeah. right? If you think about it, when you're public speaking, what they recommend is you actually look different people in the eye, yeah. but you're rotating. Yeah. And, and when you face this big screen of people and they're all looking at you at once, you don't know what to look at. Yeah, it's like an Andy Warhol painting, yeah. right? Yeah, like it can be. It can faces. be overwhelming. Our bodies are trained to look at faces and identify, you know, what what signals they're giving off through their micro expressions and so forth. 
And it gets even harder when it's a lower resolution image. Yeah. So it can really be taxing on the brain to have all those faces up there at once. If you're not speaking, sure, you know, you can maybe switch around the, the, the dynamics and, and sort of see who's participating. But at the end of the day, uh, you want to try and streamline the amount of information you're getting hit with um, because that'll be easier on your brain yeah. uh, and you'll be better equipped to convey the information you want to get across. Yeah, it's less of the sensory, sensory overload, which leads to cognitive yeah. load. But I think um, the other thing that you mentioned was that was great is the um, micro-expressions, mm -hmm. which ties into the nonverbal, right? When you can only see this much of the person on uh, the uh, virtual setting, it's hard to, I think people tend to like, just kind of stay stiff at their computer, mm. and so they're not moving anything. Um, and even micro expressions, if you're so minimized because there's so many people on the screen that you're participating in right. the conference with, they can't even really see your expressions. So you just look like a, I don't know, like a, um, like a you know. Statue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just kind of. So be aware, right, that, that your upper body um, gestures when you gesticulate something to, to do that and maybe do it, you know, in a pronounced way. We have a nonverbal um, video lesson up, so if you want to check that out, you can. It's all about the upper body movements. Yeah, I like I like the idea of pronouncing your your motions and yeah. particularly your facial expressions because again, the, the lower resolution image, you need to make it a little more obvious. Yes. What emotions true. you're feeling? Yeah. Um, it's so kind furrow, of like you furrow those eyebrows. Furrow those eyebrows <laughs> if you're confused, right? Um, it's kind of like when, when on Broadway, you hear them speaking and they're really loud, they're really enunciated. There's this great show we're watching, uh, we just finished actually, called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that was great. And I, we get the impression, I think you confirmed that a number of the actors are actually Broadway actors. Broadway stars, I think so. Because, yeah. and certainly that's the style of the film. Yeah, it's very or, theatrical. It's very theatrical. Everyone's like, totally over-animating. Yeah, it's like 150% yeah. energy, you know? And it's almost too much for 4K resolution. It's kind of like, whoa, the, are, are you overacting? It's good, but it's, it's like, are you overacting? When it there's comes always to a fine line. There's right? a fine, fine line. line. When it comes to video calls, this is an opportunity to, and, and, and a good time to, to dial up that, that your Broadway style of, of, of emoting. I love that. Because That's an amazing it's analogy. just, yeah, you just, you, you want to be more expressive so that people can see that. Uh, it can be, uh, it's just, you don't have as much resolution. So by being more expressive, you're more likely to convey whatever emotions you are trying to convey. Yeah, so, so key. And because of the lag too, you might have to take your pacing down a notch, right? Yeah. Um, again, and different uh, different types of communicators speak at different speeds. Um, kinesthetic speakers tend to be slower. So try to channel a kinesthetic, as a tongue twister, kinesthetic speakers and take it down just a tad because there might be a lag, right? And you might be like breaking up with the sound mm. just because like everyone's on the internet, yep. especially now. So your, your um, bandwidth might be compromised. So just keep that in mind. Do the Broadway style with the expressions. Broadway emotions. Like Greg was saying. And also try to even speak maybe a little bit slower than you normally would so people can catch everything. And also louder, a little bit louder too. Yeah, I mean the last thing you want uh, to have happen is to your mic to not pick up. Yeah. Uh, and then you're just miming. Then you're miming. Yeah, my, one of my greatest fears with these lives is that I forget to turn on the mic one day. 
I think one time we got caught with a laptop, but at least there was sound. Yeah. <laughs> but then we got some good feedback after. Yes. It was, we did. I still enjoyed they watching. Still enjoyed. So that's good. Yeah. Well, we're actually getting close to um, the, the cutoff here. Um, so in terms of wrapping things up, yeah. I think uh, one of the most important aspects of this is making sure that number one priority for you is getting, communicating uh, the information that you intended to convey. And a very effective way to do that is to develop your MTP, your minimum talking points. Figure out what it is yeah. you want to communicate on the call. Get that ready ahead of time. That way you come across as organized professional and that becomes the focus. And once you have sort of solidified that part of your delivery. The, the, the substance part, right? The substance. It, then you can start focusing on the other elements, which are very important. And your ultimate goal here is authenticity. Yeah. Right, you want an authentic delivery, uh, so so that you come across as an you know a person, a human uh, that uh, that you know is is meaningful to the to the listener. Yeah, right. And the other one thing that we didn't really mention was really listening, right, to what the person has to say, not just focusing on you know making sure you look good in the camera and then making eye contact, but also really focusing on what the other person is saying. And as you do that, right, so you have your MTP, that's already squared away to make sure you don't forget anything that you wanna convey to the person. But keep a notepad next to you with you know, a pen, even a, st a sticky, and take down some notes, right? That way you can ask some follow-up questions or you can even remark on something that the speaker said that was a bit more maybe personal, right? Mm. Maybe uh, they, his or her, like the wife just gave birth or they just gave birth or something like, yeah. you know, one of these milestones in life, right? Because we, we can't forget that that's also an important aspect of humanizing these virtual interactions. Right, acknowledging the listener. I mean, that's just good communication communication advice, period, but especially True. important for, for these calls. Exactly. Yeah. So if you think of any others, uh, people are on Zoom these days, right? So not just Zoom, but every every other platform out there. If you have anything that you would like to add or share with us, or more importantly, share with the exploring community, comment below. Yeah, Let us know. yeah, throw it down. Whatever works for you, challenges you've been facing, um, we're all going through it. So yeah. thanks for joining us on this lovely Saturday. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing you in our next live. That's right. Happy exploring. And happy exploring. <laughs>